You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Thank you so much for being with me on the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about the mystery of the church. The institution of the church, Jesus putting it on the earth, was a complete mystery to all the people of his day, including his own apostles. They didn't see it coming. It it only began to be fully understood as a part of something God had planned from the very beginning as the apostle Paul was caught up to heaven and actually began to talk about what he had seen and how God had come up with this thing called the church. And um, uh, it's fascinating to understand that this amazing institution, this amazing thing, this this organism, if you will, because it's living, it's the body of Christ, it was a complete and total mystery to the people of God. Okay, so if Pentecost is the birthday of the church, then everything that happens from the resurrection up to Pentecost, 50 days, everything that happens and precedes it is the gestation period or the womb. Now, what I want you to see is that the seed of the church was was actually planted during the ministry of Jesus. But uh, what's going on is this whole time, the, the, the 50 days from the resurrection to the actual day of Pentecost, the church is being developed. It's like a baby in the womb. That baby doesn't just suddenly become a perfect baby. Uh, the baby is a, is a complete baby before he's born. He's got all of his parts and got all of his limbs and all of his organs. If he's going to survive and thrive, he's got to be complete. And this is what is going on uh, during this time frame. So the church is being readied for its birth. Here we go in the Gospel of John chapter 20. I'm going to begin reading verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Now, it took a little while, okay, because uh, Luke goes into this, and we talked about it in Luke 24, how it took just a little bit for them to be convinced that it really was Jesus. But they did become convinced. And it was the teaching and preaching of the Word and the explaining of the prophetic scriptures that finally convinced them. And so Jesus said to them again, Peace be to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now pay attention to this. When he had said this, he breathed on them and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now here's the idea. The baby in the womb has to be alive before he's born. And so they are being empowered by the Holy Spirit even before the day of Pentecost. They are being fully prepared for what God is going to do there. And uh, the baby had to be completed. Uh, There was something wrong. Something was missing in the baby. And I'll tell you what was missing. Uh, Judas was missing. The twelfth apostle was missing. And 12 in Scripture is the number of divine government. That's why God began this nation called Israel with 12 tribes, 12 patriarchs, 12 fathers. 
in the church there were 12 apostles, but Judas fell, and someone had to be uh, appointed to take his place. Listen to the book of Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 21. Here's what the apostle Peter said. Therefore of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. Peter had this divine sense, our number is incomplete. We can't begin this work with 11 guys. There has to be a 12th guy to step into the office that Judas forsook. And so Matthias was the guy, or Matthew was the guy who was appointed. They all uh, voted, and, and Matthew was the one that, uh, that the Holy Spirit witnessed for. And they selected him to be the one. Now, so the 12th apostle is restored just a few days before the church gets its empowerment on the day of Pentecost. And what I want you to see in all of this is how infantile the church was, how fragile it was. I mean, we read the stories of the apostles in, in the days of the resurrection and immediately after. These guys are really weak. They're not ready to do much of anything. They are very fledgling at that point in time. The transformation that will come about in them is just absolutely remarkable. For this all to begin to happen and to take place in a 50-day stretch is beyond belief. It's, un it's unreal that these guys could be take and grow and get into place and do what they did in a 50-day period. Only God could make this happen. And this is a testimony to the power of God and the grace of God. It was God who stepped in and empowered these men and brought them along. But the selection of Matthew was huge. He had to fill that 12th spot in order for the church to be complete on the day of Pentecost. And that's what happened. They, they gathered together and they had a completeness there. Now, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, this is Acts 2 and 1, they were all with one accord in one place. Now that's important. They did not bring about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the coming of the Holy Spirit because they had finally gotten into one accord. I can tell you, there were 500 of them gathered together in Galilee who saw the Lord, but only 120 in the upper room. There are 380 more people who should have been there that weren't there. So the idea that everybody's got to be in perfect harmony before God can do something great, that's a ridiculous idea. There were a lot of people who didn't show up at the upper room. They, now I'm sure later on were filled with the Holy Spirit and they became a part of this whole thing. Uh, but there were 500 people according to the, the book of 1 Corinthians that saw the Lord and uh, they, they were there in Galilee. So they didn't all make it to the upper room. Now, the Holy Spirit came because it was the day of Pentecost. It was the fulfillment of a Jewish feast day, the Feast of Shavuot. Or, and I, man, I butchered that. S-H-A-V-U-O-T. And it's uh, Pentecost, and uh, it is the, uh, uh, there's a, somewhat of a first harvest there. And the Bible says, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind uh, in the Old Testament, 
The Holy Spirit is called the Ruach HaKodesh. That's another one I butchered. Uh, Hang around me and you'll see lots of butchering going on. Uh, Butchering of the Greek and Hebrew. Uh, The Ruach HaKodesh uh, means the breath of God. That's what the Holy Spirit was called. So there was the wind of God, a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues. King James says cloven tongues. Uh, like cloven hooves, clean. Clean animals have a cloven hoof, and they chew the cud. So they saw these clean tongues, and they were like fire, and one sat upon each of them. So every one of them had a tongue of fire over them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues or other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. So this is all totally, completely supernatural. And uh, uh, they were moved on by the Holy Spirit to do it. Now, interestingly, we know this. They did the speaking. The Holy Spirit gave them the utterance. They're the ones who did the speaking. The Holy Spirit never comes in and takes somebody over and makes them speak in tongues. He doesn't take control of your tongue physically and make you do this. That's not what it says happened. It says that they had utterance. Paul said to the people who followed him, he said to churches that supported him, pray for me that God would give me utterance. He didn't mean... Pray for me that God will take my tongue over, that I'll just stand there and suddenly I'll be a zombie and start speaking out wonderful things. That isn't what he was saying. He's saying, pray that I will know what to say. Inwardly, I will have knowledge of what to say. That's exactly what happened here. Inwardly, they heard syllables. They began to speak them out. They didn't understand them. They were unknown to them, but they said them. However, as we read further, we see that there in Jerusalem, there were numbers of people who did understand them. So listen to verse 5. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, all of these people talking, these people came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, and they said one to another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? Apparently the Galileans were not known to be international travelers. And they were not, to be, uh, they were not known as people who spoke numerous languages. They didn't travel much. They were the country folks. And how is it that we hear each one in our own language in which we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya, joining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Now, these people were there to be witnesses of what God was going to do. By the way, the day of Pentecost was the day where God appeared to Moses on Mount Sinai and gave him the law. And there were great thunderings and voices were heard on that mountain when God spoke to Moses. Now, the oral traditions of the Jews, which I believe to be totally accurate in this instance, say that God spoke to the people of the world, and he gave the Ten Commandments not only to Moses in Hebrew, but to the whole earth at one time. First Corinthians chapter 2 says, even the heathen has the law of God written in his heart. Even people who've never heard the word, they know it's wrong to steal. In, inwardly, they know it's wrong to commit murder. They know it's wrong. That, that might not stop them, but they know it's wrong. And so God puts the law in the hearts of people. So, 
what you see here is that God did this amazing thing on the day of Pentecost. Now, the attention is drawn to these people, but nobody gets saved. There are some who would say, well, the speaking in tongues was given to the church so they could go preach the gospel around the world. But there's nobody saved. Nobody gets saved when the speaking in tongues happen. There's nothing of that that is spoken or stated here in the book of Acts. The only time that we see change come where people come to faith is when Peter steps up to preach. And he's preaching either in Greek or Hebrew. And But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. What does he do? He says, This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and maid servants I will pour out of my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then Peter goes on to preach. And he preaches an amazing message after he quotes the apostle jo- or the prophet Joel. Now, this is what I love. This is what these New Testament preachers did. They never just expected people to accept things on the basis of what they said. They always backed up everything with the authority of the previous scriptures. They had tremendous regard for the Old Testament. I marvel that today people don't have any regard for the Old Testament. Are you kidding me? This is the scripture that the 12 apostles used. These are the scriptures that the apostle Paul used when he taught. And he made people aware of the scriptures now. They added to them by giving out the inspired words of the New Testament. And so we get a complete picture of God's plan. And so there was a special authority on them to do that. We don't add to that today. Today we are subject to what they give us. There was a special anointing on them to give that to us. But you do not see any of them denigrating nor putting down the Old Testament whatsoever. You don't see it at all. They had nothing but the highest regard for it. They knew that it was fulfilled. They knew that certain parts of the law were passed away. They did have conflict with people who wanted to hold on to Old Testament ways without embracing the new because they refused to believe that what had been prophesied was now fulfilled. They didn't accept that. But what I want you to see is they did not put down that word. They had great regard for it. Now, the, the, they went on and Peter preached this amazing word, and 3,000 people were saved. By the way, on the day that the, the law came to Moses and he came back down off the mountain and saw the people worshiping the golden calf running around naked, there were 3,000 people killed on that day. So you see these, these parallels, 3,000 people killed when the law was given, but 3,000 people saved when the Holy Spirit was given. Without Peter's words, the meaning and the purpose of this event is totally lost. Totally and completely lost. And if I've said anything this week at all that I want you to retain and get and keep, it's this, that it is the foretelling, the prophecy, the prophetic word that identifies the work of God and helps us to gain the most fruit 
from this. Imagine a day of Pentecost that's truly supernatural. People really are speaking in new languages. Even the bystanders hear it and know that they're declaring the wonderful works of God. They understand it in their own languages. Without someone to bring up what the prophetic scriptures have said, in this case the, apostle, uh, the prophet Joel, without someone to explain it and to give credit to where it comes from, to show the foreknowledge of God, the action is not really appreciated. Remember, it is the prophetic word that makes the action fruitful. The action can happen, but it's lost without the explanation of the prophetic word. So when somebody badmouths prophecy, and I know there are lots of people who abuse prophecy and get off into ditches and don't do anything with it or do it the wrong way. I understand that. But you never throw the baby out with the bathwater. I can tell you this. There are no counterfeit $3 bills. You never see them. The reason? There's no legitimate $3 bills. The, the reason people make counterfeit 10s and 20s, the reason they do is because there are real 10s and 20s. The reason people make counterfeit $100 bills, they exist. There are real ones. And so the presence of counterfeits does not trouble me because I, I know that there are real ones. And we focus on the real and proclaim the real and let our fruit be seen. And that's what God has called us to do. Well, my time is long gone. I'm so sorry for going long. But it's good to have you today. We're going to take a break for the weekend, and I'll be back on Monday. Don't miss the next message. Thanks. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.